Hey, it's Becca. And it's Nancy. And this is Insane Investigations. Welcome back. Welcome back. Today we are going to be covering a bit of a different case. Mm -hmm. It is true crime. But it's going to be a two-parter and we're not going to get into like the major crime, Yeah, shall we say? It's all pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah, true. But we won't get into that until part two. This is kind of just going to be the background. But we do have a very special guest with us today. Yes, we do. So we have our friend Briggsy. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, guys. Pleasure to be here. Briggsy is joining us today because she knows a lot about this case in particular. She Mm -hmm. is very interested in it. So we wanted to get her insight on the whole thing. So she is going to be here for both parts. So yay! before we get into it as well, we just wanted to say a massive thank you. We hit 300 listeners recently and we were just completely shocked. Over the moon. So we just want to say a massive thank you to everybody who's listening and supporting and following all our social media and stuff. We really, really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. I'm like totally your biggest fan. Listen to every episode. You do. I've been your champion from day one. Biggest supporter. We love it. It's actually so cute because Briggsy has always been the first one to like, like and share all of our social media posts. And now her fiance is the second person to do it on every post. It's actually adorable. He does what he's told. The pink house on the end of Volunteer Way. So it was described as beautiful and even fairy tale like. At least that's what people saw. So I had baby blue birdhouses and a vibrant welcome flag on the porch that connected to a custom-built wheelchair accessible ramp. However, the beauty outside didn't match the traumatic environment inside. Gypsy Rose Blanchard lived in the house with her mother, Claudina Didi Blanchard. Since Gypsy was eight years old, her medical history read like a shopping list. Leukemia, muscular dystrophy, paraplegia asthma, epilepsy, (laughs) and hearing, vision, and cognitive impairments. She was missing a lot of teeth due to them rotten, and Gypsy also had a sugar allergy, so she needed a feeding tube. Her mother was her sole caretaker, and traumatizing hospital visits basically defined Gypsy's life, and her mother was, like, the only friend that she had, which is... So sad. So pretty sad. sad. Yeah. They even had like a joint Facebook page together. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. So Gypsy was prescribed an abundance of medications and had to sleep using the breathing machine. And it seemed that Gypsy would basically live a very short life just plagued with illness. Briggsy's going to tell us about Gypsy and her relationship with her mother, who we're just going to refer to as Dee Dee from now on instead of Claudina. It's just, yeah. That's what she went by. Yeah. Like it was her preferred name mm-hmm. so everyone knows Dee Dee Blanchard. You're probably wondering why the fuck Becca and Nancy are telling you this story. It seems like a depressing story about a sick girl but stick with us here. We're going to go into Gypsy and Dee Dee's life and then you'll see how insane this case truly is. So Gypsy Rose was born July 27th, 1991. Gypsy's parents were Rob Blanchard and Dee Dee Blanchard. They divorced before her birth. Rob tried to stay in touch with his daughter, even after the divorce, but Dee Dee always found a way 
to keep their interactions extremely limited. He also regularly paid $1,200 in child support to her. It was in an interview, like, he kept trying to stay in touch, but... Mm. They kept moving further and further away. It got harder for him to visit. Gypsy yeah. was getting sicker and sicker. Yeah. It was just... He tried, which is yeah. more than, like, some dads can yeah. say, like... Literally. There's a lot of interviews with her dad that we'll link in the resources. Like, he talks about the whole situation, like, from his side of things. And it's a really interesting insight to the whole thing. Yeah. When Gypsy was three months old, Dee Dee began telling people that Gypsy had sleep apnea and seizures. She told this to Rob as well. So for those of you that don't know, sleep apnea is where you basically stop breathing in your sleep. So you have to wear a machine called a CPAP machine and it basically breathes for you. They're extremely expensive. Yeah. By the time Gypsy was eight years old, Dee Dee described her as suffering from leukemia and muscular dystrophy and said she required a wheelchair and a feeding tube. Dee Dee told Gypsy's father, Rob Blanchard, that their daughter had a chromosomal disorder that had led to her many health issues. He complimented Dee Dee for her devoted care. Like, he was actually like, you're taking such great care of my kid, like... You're yeah. moving her around, you're getting her everything she needs. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's obviously going to be difficult to watch your child go through, all, through that. all that. Yeah, yeah. Like, as far as he knew, like, Gypsy was really suffering and Dee Dee was, like, doing everything for her. Yeah. Uh, so Gypsy was using a walking frame from a young age due to her muscular dystrophy. However, when she was seven, she was in a motorcycle accident with her grandfather, where she was told she would need a wheelchair for the rest of her life. There was something about Gypsy Rose Blanchard and her mother Dee Dee Blanchard that you couldn't help but love. This strange story started way back when she was just a baby. After losing their home to Hurricane Katrina in 2005, the mother-daughter duo gained a lot of media attention. They became media darlings when Gypsy won Olay Foundation's 2007 Child of the Year Award. Habitat for Humanity built a special house with a ramp for them in 2008. That's the pink house we were talking about earlier. Yeah, with the blue bird house and welcome sign and all of that. I wouldn't like pink house, but they were well into Disney. So yeah. for them, it was like A cute. fairy tale house. Yeah. 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 The mother-daughter duo became celebrities and received much media attention after their house was swept away in Hurricane Katrina. And Hurricane Katrina also provided an excuse for missing medical files. This is important. Remember this. Mm-hmm. Gypsy wore large glasses, had no hair, and was confined to a wheelchair when she was just a child because of her small stature, almost toothless smile from epilepsy meds. Wearing wigs and carrying a feeding tube, she was a charming girl who seemed to suffer from serious side effects of chemotherapy. And that is so heartbreaking to think about. Like, if you were just to see this child, like, with all these illnesses, so young, going through all this, like, you would honestly just be heartbroken for him. And just, yeah. like, looking at the pictures of her, she just looked so frail. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we'll innocent. get into later on, like, she knew that she wasn't well. Yeah. Like, she, like, you can't imagine being a child and knowing that, like... You're really sick. You're really, really sick. Having a feeding tube, going around in a wheelchair all the time, all of it, like... Yeah, it's a lot. The story kind of starts to get a little bit weird here. So they're living in their new house. They're kind of getting over the whole Hurricane Katrina stuff. And they started seeing doctors, but obviously they had no medical records. 
Mm-hmm. So, but obviously that was going to be a common thing after this whole disaster. Yeah. Medical tests often showed inconclusive or contradictory results regarding Gypsy's diagnosis. Any doctor who started to question this, like Dee Dee would just refuse to go back to them. She'd just find a new doctor. Many caregivers actually did go along with what Dee Dee was saying because she had had some kind of nurse training in the past so she could accurately describe symptoms. And, like, she'd be using, like, medical terms and she'd be able to, like, name medication that Gypsy would possibly need. Gypsy's father, Rob, also began asking questions too. Like, his healthy child all of a sudden was very sick for many reasons. And this seemed to be happening, like, the further away they went, the sicker she was getting. Mm-hmm. Dee Dee was also charming and devoted to her daughter. When Gypsy was old enough to talk, Dee Dee then began instructing her not to provide information during their appointments. She was always the one, like, relaying the information about Gypsy's conditions to doctors. She was told, like, you've not to speak. Just yeah, to let mommy talk. Yeah, yeah, she basically told her that, like, she was mentally challenged and, like, mm-hmm. she just needed to stay quiet, basically. She had to... Yeah, she had a mind of a seven-year-old. She doesn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. The press that Dee Dee and Gypsy Rose Blanchard received through the various foundations attracted the attention of doctors nationwide. Before long, specialists were reaching out to Dee Dee to see if there was anything they could do. One of these doctors, a pediatric neurologist from Springfield named Bernardo Flasterstein, offered to see Gypsy Rose at his clinic. But while she was there, Flasterstein discovered something startling. Not only did Gypsy Rose not have muscular dystrophy, but she also didn't have any of the other diseases that Dee Dee claimed she had. I think Gypsy Rose actually said in one of the interviews uh, he got her to like stand up with like his help mm-hmm. and she put weight on her legs. Yeah. And that's what made him click and go, this girl don't have muscular dystrophy. Yeah, yeah like, she's she seems fine. He actually said like, I don't see any reason why she doesn't walk. Dee Dee brushed him off and like he began to make calls like to doctors in New Orleans trying to find out when she was diagnosed, trying to get through to her doctor. Trying basically. to get some medical history, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Though Dee Dee claimed the hurricane had washed away all of Gypsy Rose's records, Flasterstein was able to find doctors whose records had survived. It's kind of a coincidence that all of her medical records have been destroyed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After talking to them and confirming once again that Gypsy Rose was for all intents and purposes a healthy child, he began to suspect that Dee Dee was the one who was actually sick. So in 2010, Dee Dee was telling everyone that Gypsy Rose was 14, but she was actually 19 years old. So she was telling people she was 14 with the mind of a seven-year-old, mm-hmm. but in actual fact she was 19 and she was fine. Yeah. By then, obviously Gypsy knew that she wasn't sick, or at least as sick as her mother claimed. Like, she was obviously well aware that she could walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And despite her minimal education, like, she didn't go to school past, like, the second grade, she had taught herself how to read thanks to the Harry Potter book. Gypsy Rose had known for a while that something was off, and she was kind of trying to escape from her mother. Which, I mean, makes sense. Completely. Yeah. 
There are claims that this didn't happen, but allegedly she showed up at a neighbor's door, like standing on her own two feet, begging for a ride to the hospital. But Dee Dee quickly intervened and explained the whole thing away. Yeah, so Gypsy Rose in her interview with Dr. Phil said she never stood in front of anyone. Yeah. Right, okay. So she'd put her weight on her legs for that doctor, but she hadn't actually like stood and walked in front of anyone okay so maybe that was just a rumor that was going around could be well, a neighbor looking yeah looking for the media attention yeah, or something. yeah yeah actually that makes sense why wouldn't they call somebody straight away instead yeah, of like, waiting to say here's it? this yeah. kid that's in a wheelchair and now she's standing in front of yeah. my door what yeah. what explanation can you have for yeah. that how can you explain that away and someone go oh yeah that sounds plausible yeah yeah that. that sounds right cool and that's the thing, like, any time that she was, like, independent or showed any signs of growing up, like, Dee Dee would just tell people that she was mentally challenged and diseased and she didn't know what was going on. So she knew that nobody was going to believe her. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm mad at all her talking for her, like, her yeah. Yeah. life. And had kind of covered the fact of, but what if she talks? Because everybody just thinks she's delusional. Yeah. She'd also blame, like, the drugs that Gypsy was on and, like, that it made it impossible for her to know what she was talking about. Because of Dee Dee and Gypsy Rose's lovable nature and their inspirational bond, people believed all of the lies. But by this point, like, Gypsy Rose was starting to get fed up. Like, she knew that her man was lying. She didn't know why. She was obviously very, very confused. And she didn't know what to do because she knew that nobody was going to believe her. Yeah. Yeah. And, And, like, the medications that she was on, like, did give side effects. Like, of course. Because she wasn't supposed to be on those medications. Mm -hmm, So... Like, they were making her ill. Yeah. Like, so she was ill. Like, she was putting her yeah. through chemotherapy, which is, like, meant to take such a massive toll on the body. As is. Yeah. But she was yeah. going through that for, like, no reason. No reason. And, like, and that's going to damage your body as well. Yeah. And, like, we've seen that with the epilepsy treatment making her teeth fall out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's what made her teeth rot. Yeah. yeah. So the doctor that we were talking about earlier on, he never reported the case to authorities. In later interviews, he stated that there wasn't enough evidence for a case. So he didn't want to just call them up and stir the pot and nothing come of it, which is what he thought would happen. In 2009, an anonymous report was made to authorities stating that Dee Dee's account of Gypsy's ailments had no medical basis. This resulted in two caseworkers visiting their home, but Dee Dee convinced them that there was nothing wrong. I know in the series, The Act, if you haven't watched The Act, go watch it. It's really good. It's shown that like Dee Dee actually gave Gypsy the sleepy baby meds before the caseworker showed up. I don't know if that is like a dramatization. Mm -hmm. I don't know how Accurate. accurate it is, but... It's totally believable that she would do that. Oh yeah, 100%. With this woman's track record, definitely. So Gypsy became friends with a neighbour, Aaliyah, when she was 17. And Gypsy began to wonder why Aaliyah was able to have friends to play with and go out places. Like, obviously you would. If you've been stuck in the house and you're seeing this girl, like, going out and living her life. Like, why can't I do that? that? Mm Mm-hmm. This is when Gypsy began to realise that there was something not right going on in her home. Many times she wanted to tell Aaliyah what was going on because she thought of her as a sister, but she was scared and didn't trust her 
not to tell her mother and Jitsi actually said that in the interview with Dr. Phil she was like I wanted to tell her but I didn't know if I could trust her she said like that she thought of her as a sister yeah but like she just still didn't know because their moms were close like she was like what if she goes tell goes and tells her mom and then what could happen to me then yeah 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 as Gypsy grew older Dee Dee began to lie about her age until one day in 2011 Gypsy found papers stating that she was born in 1991, which contradicted what her mother had told her. Gypsy tried to get away from her mother by running away from home with a man that she'd met at a science fiction convention. But Dee Dee soon tracked them down via mutual friends. She convinced the man that Gypsy was a minor, though she was actually 19 at the time. And the act actually does that really well. It's the Wolverine guy. I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but like literally as Dee Dee's leaving, it's like, I don't know if you told, if she told you this, but she's 14. Yeah. Um, Now, obviously we don't know if that's the exact words, but like, yeah, it's a very, it's a good depiction. Mm -hmm. Like, can you imagine what's going through that fella's head then? Like, oh my God, I've got this child in my house. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. So like, I feel sorry for the fella as well in that situation. Yeah, true. According to Gypsy, Dee Dee smashed her computer and physically restrained her to her bed after they returned home. Gypsy was left handcuffed to her bed for two weeks. So Dee Dee used handcuffs and a dog leash to tie Gypsy to the bed for two weeks, according to what Gypsy said in the Dr. Phil like, no one should have to go through that, ever. No. Full stop. You do not treat another human being like that, let no. alone your own child. No. Like, just no. So if you think your parents are bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> think again. <laughs> think again. Yeah. Like, the worst we got was being grounded. Yeah. Yeah. In this case, she told her if she wants to reach out to or speak to anyone again, she would take a hammer to her fingers. So Didi smashed up her laptop with a hammer and then threatened to smash her fingers. Her fingers. Gypsy's fingers with a hammer. Yeah. And Gypsy actually said that on the Dr. Phil interview. Yeah. yeah. Which we'll also link. Uh, Dee Dee also put a bell on the door so she would hear if Gypsy tried to leave again. By this point, Gypsy is confused and she is at a point in her life where she wants to start having a boyfriend. So she signs herself up for online dating. On this Christian dating site, she met Nicholas Godajon. Nicholas Godajon was born in 1990. He has autism spectrum disorder and a low IQ. Godajon's parents split up when he was around three or four. He quoted that from that time forward, I was different from everyone else. His mother raised him from the divorce until the age of 15. Godajan was diagnosed with autism in grade school, according to his father, Bobby. And a quote from Nick was that, From the very first day when I was in kindergarten all the way to 12th grade, every single one of those days I was in special education. He went on to say, The weird thing, though, is that even though I was in special education... Throughout that entire time, I was considered one of the smartest children in the classroom just because of my high-functioning autism or Asperger's syndrome. Psychologist Kent Franks testified at a 2016 hearing that he has more the mind of a child than an adult. He said that after two mental evaluations on Godajan, 
He determined that Nick was on the autism spectrum with an IQ of 82 and the functionality equivalent of that of a 10 year old. He said that it was hard for him to make friends so he was quite lonely throughout most of his childhood. He said he was by himself pretty much all the time. He had no friends and he like mainly it was just like his his family mostly his mom. As a young adult he kind of became even more isolated. He tried to get into computer programming, but he was kind of taking a long time to grasp all of it. And ever since then, he didn't really feel able to pursue any other paths or any types of career. And he kind of began to then keep to himself. And he said that the reason for that was because he didn't really have any social skills due to having autism or Asperger's disorder which is a common symptom. But he did love going on the internet. He kind of found comfort in being online because he could kind of be more himself on the internet. He referred to himself as a recluse before he met Gypsy. Lee Moody, an anchor for KSPR, says that he was going nowhere in his life before he found Gypsy on a Christian dating site. He wasn't in school. He wasn't working. His only outlet was who he found online and who he found was Gypsy. So she was basically like all he had. So Gypsy and Nick were speaking for about three years online and they ended up getting into like an actual relationship. Nick initially said that he was a psychic and he claimed that he already knew that Gypsy could walk and that he was some type of like 500 year old vampire named Victor. And I know that's in the act as well. So it gets... It's very crazy at some point. Like, it's it's a bit wild. What do you say to a fella who's like, I'm a 500-year-old vampire named Victor? Yeah. And she's just like, yeah, okay. It's like, cool. 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 (laughs) Yay. Do you want to get with me? Join me with my boyfriend? (laughs) Like, well, obviously Gypsy was just like, okay, I'll just, you know, I'll go along with this. Because she did really like him as well. And part of her believed it, but... At the same time, she also was kind of like, yeah, I doubt this is true. Yeah. But there was a part of her that was like, maybe he's, he is a 500-year-old vampire. Maybe he is, yeah. Yeah, maybe it's kind of, I believe that you believe that. Yeah. Yeah. So Nick also claimed to have multiple personalities to Gypsy. And basically he was like, Victor is just one of these multiple personalities. He used to talk about how he wanted to like rape and kill Gypsy when he was like in this kind of Victor persona. Mm Mm-hmm. The two of them would participate in role-playing activities and BDSM. I mean, each of their own, I suppose. Fair enough, I guess. Yeah. And Gypsy actually would make up alternative personalities as well in order to be all like, me too. This was all online as well. Like, this was... They haven't met yet. This is all online. They've not met in person. Yeah. So the first time that they actually did end up meeting was in the cinema when they went to see the new Cinderella movie. Gypsy was going with her mom and asked him to basically like meet them there. When Dee Dee first met Nick, she just thought that he was like some random fella at the cinema. And she started getting like really worked up when she noticed that Gypsy was like paying a lot of attention to this dude instead of watching the movie. This is also in the act as well. They do show this. But basically, Gypsy and Nick end up like sneaking out throughout the movie and they end up meeting in the bathroom where they do the deed. Get Romantic. jiggy with it. <laughs> Get jiggy with it. Like in a that. men's bathroom. In a Sexy. men's bathroom. In the cinema. How romantic. While going to see Cinderella. <laughs> oh, God. It just gets worse and worse like, the more you talk about it. Gypsy 
was getting like really desperate at this like once she met Nick this is when like she started getting really desperate on getting away from her mother and living this quote unquote like normal life and it got to the stage where Gypsy started kind of suggesting to Nick that maybe he should kill her mother and like save her as like a plan B yeah yeah we're gonna leave you on a cliffhanger there with the whole story but we're just gonna give you a little bit of information on Munchausen by proxy just for people who don't know about it because if we haven't said it earlier on this is what Didi was suffering from. According to the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, Munchausen by proxy is a mental disorder where a caretaker makes up or causes an illness to an individual under their care. Because vulnerable people like children or the elderly are victims, Munchausen by proxy is a form of child or elder abuse. Most of the Munchausen's by proxy cases occur between a mother and a child, just like in this situation between Dee Dee and Gypsy. The caregiver with Munchausen by proxy is prone to lying about the victim's symptoms, changing medical information or test results to reflect an illness or say that all records were destroyed in Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, that's not a way to go about it. (laughs) In severe cases, the caregiver may even harm the child to produce symptoms, such as giving them medication that they don't need. At the impressionable age of eight, Dee Dee told Gypsy she'd need a walker for the rest of her life. That walker was eventually traded for a more confining wheelchair. Around the same time, Gypsy had her salivary glands removed and a feeding tube inserted. When Dee Dee told Gypsy she had leukemia, Dee Dee began shaving her daughter's head periodically because it's going to fall out anyway. Why not make it look nice and neat? So basically, your hair's going to fall out in clumps, so I'll shave your head I'm for you. i shave your head now. Yeah. You may be asking yourself, how come Gypsy never questioned her own medical history? The unfortunate answer is that Dee Dee had complete control over Gypsy's reality. She was too young to believe anything otherwise. Like, a little kid being told, okay, like, Grown. you're ill, so mm-hmm. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to look after you. You don't need anyone else. Mommy's here. Mommy's going to take yeah. care of you. That's all you're going to know. And your mom is supposed to take care of you. Yeah, so yeah, you wouldn't like, think twice about it. Like like Rebecca said, like your mom's supposed to be the person who loves you and protects you while keeping you safe at all costs. So Gypsy must have been thinking, my mum cares for me so much. I'm so lucky to have Mm. her. The veil of lies was too thick to see through. Yeah, which is devastating. Imagine, it's bad enough growing up your whole life thinking that you're extremely sick, you're not going to survive, and then finding out that your mum was just lying making it all making like the level of betrayal that you would feel yeah like they got like literally the house built for them they'd get sent gifts and stuff and like on the dr phil thing gypsy was like i didn't know that i was a cash cow yeah i didn't realize that my mom was using me to get all of this stuff for free yeah for or for barely anything yeah Yeah. because a lot of it was like the community pulling together organizations pulling together in order to help them like build a house and you know all the rest pay medical bills things like that the community really chipped in like they were very well known so yeah yeah but like why wouldn't you like there's always like gofundmes for like kids with illnesses and stuff like decent person not me i never donate but (laughs) 
a decent person (laughs) would want to help. (laughs) By the way, I'm not a decent person. But it is, it's a shame though, because there are kids that, no, not to say that, you know, obviously Gypsy was very not well, but because of a whole different reason kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. There's obviously kids that were, you know, genuinely born and stuff, and then it kind of puts you in a position where you're kind of like, right, what, what if is this is another Gypsy Rose Blanchard? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, do you really want to be supported? Or like people like who aren't able to afford medical bills. Like my child could have had that doctor's appointment. My child could have had that medication. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. But you were giving it to your healthy child to make her sick. Yeah, like that's mind blown. I actually cannot even begin to no. understand in no. my brain, comprehend why or how. It makes so it. But yeah, so basically, Gypsy asked Nick if, you know, she can't get away from her, she can't run away, if Nick will basically, you know, come up with some kind of plan B to come and kill, kill her mother. Yeah. Because she feels like that's the only way out. And that is heartbreaking in itself. Like, imagine feeling like the only escape from the life that you're living, the hell that you're in, is by having to physically murder your own mother your own mother yeah like that's like that's desperation right there yeah you're never gonna be okay no yeah again after not fully no definitely no 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 there's gonna be like some ptsd there like definitely 100% but yeah we're gonna leave you on that cliffhanger Mm -hmm. and we will be back with part two to tell you what happened next in the meantime, you can follow us on all of our social media at Insane Investigations. You can visit our website for more information and some more of the photos that we have at InsaneInvestigationsPodcast.com. We have a Snapchat now, Insane Podcast, because Insane Investigations was too long. And if you have any cases that you'd like us to cover, you can email us at InsaneInvestigations at gmail.com. Bye! Bye.